Welcome to another One Youth Devo. I'm here with my good friend Andrew again, and we are just about to kick off episode two of the Rules of the Road series that we're doing on Wednesdays over summer, where we take a little moment and look at places that Jesus has traveled and what he has done while traveling to those places. So, you know, rules of the road, road trips. I know Andrew and I, we share a similar interest of loving to go on road trips and drives and stuff. So Andrew, just before we even dive into the scripture, what is one of the best road trips you've ever been on? Well, I'd say one of my favorites is the drive between my school in Michigan and home in San Diego. So fastest route, that's about 2000 miles and without stopping, it's 32 hours. So typically can get that done in about three days. And why is that your favorite? You really just get to see a lot of the country and you kind of go through a lot of small towns, some big cities, but you go through some small towns, which I always think are super fun, you know, stopping at the side of the road at, you know, the world's best beef turkey stand or the world's best fruit stand. They always have these outlandish claims and you got to always have to stop and say, is it really the world's best? I'd say 50% of the time, it's not very good at all. That's right. Yeah. You know, places that always claim world's best, I always question. It's the places that claim world's second best that I tend to believe a little more. So, yeah. And I don't know if you heard, you know, you said it was 32 hours from Michigan to San Diego. Did you hear about the man who broke the cannonball record, the fastest drive from New York to Los Angeles. I think I have heard about that. The record was just broken. This man went out and rented a rental Mustang, Ford Mustang, jumped in it and drove from New York to Los Angeles in 25 hours. No way. <laughs> yep. 25 hours. He, he put 130 gallon, uh, he put two gas tanks in the backseat of the car that equaled to 130 extra gallons of gas. And he didn't need to stop the whole way. Next time you drive from San Diego, San Diego to Michigan, just remember that this other guy did it in faster, but went twice as far. Wow. <laughs> But anyway, we're here to study scripture again to scripture. Uh, we're going to open up to John chapter six, the gospel of John. And we're going to look at verses one through 14 this morning. Uh, Andrew, would you mind reading that for us? Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. That is the Sea of, the Tiberi- sea of Tiberias. And the great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountain, went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him. He said to he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him for he already had had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, eight months wages would not buy enough bread for for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves and gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. 
After people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is, who is to come into the world. Thanks for reading. Now, this is an interesting passage, you know, a pretty crazy miracle. And I, I love to eat. And so this passage makes me excited. You know, Jesus is traveling. He goes across the shore, uh, across the sea of Galilee. Um, and when he gets there, people get to eat. There you go. You get to hear my dog too. People get to eat. And what looked like no one was going to get to eat all of a sudden, a lot of people get to eat, which is super, super exciting. So, uh, Let's just tackle this uh, a few verses at a time here, but uh, we'll, we'll start at verse five. So Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him. And he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for all those people to eat? He asked this only to test him for he had already had in mind what he was going to do. Now, this was like a test of Philip's faith. Uh, because Jesus already had it made up. Um, but Jesus kind of like asked him like, okay, what, what in the world are we going to do for me? You know, the, the question, um, has come up before when I'm trying to decide, especially I remember it very vividly when I was trying to make the decision of, should I go work where I'm working now? Or should I stay at the church that I grew up in that I worked in for five years? And that was like, it was kind of difficult. And I'm, I'm confident that, that God knew the direction of where he wanted me to go before, I had even, you know, decided before I even knew that there was options, but, um, it, there was like a day where, you know, I, I had to think, you know, am I going to jump ship and go somewhere totally new or do I stay where it's comfortable? And I think God was kind of pulling me out of my comfort zone with that. Uh, so it was definitely, um, kind of an interesting situation that I was in, (laughs) but, uh, I, you know, confidence in what God is doing is always, uh, something to be mindful of. And when he asks you questions, you always have to like pause and like kind of think and listen and, um, you know, go where you think he's leading you, not necessarily where you want to go yourself. Um, but you know, the dis- Philip and all of the disciples in this passage, they were, they were posed with a big problem, you know, 5,000 people. And like it says, it would take more than half of a year's wages uh, to buy enough bread for everyone to even have one bite. So you're thinking for everyone to have, you know, full meal, that's a super, super long time. And so then they found a, a boy, a little boy that had five little loaves of bread and two small fish. Uh, and, and then Jesus started working his magic, working his miracle in verse 10. He had everyone sit down and Jesus blessed the food and distributed it. Uh, distributed the bread and distributed the fish. Now, if you were one of the disciples, but I put yourself in the disciples shoes for just a minute. If you were one of them and you saw this happen, what Andrew, what would be going through your mind? I don't know if I'd really know what to think. I mean, I'd probably think, oh, there's no way they're going to be able to feed all these people. They got enough food for maybe five or 10 of them. And there's 5,000 people there. There's, I believe if I were in their shoes at that time, I'd think there's no way they can do it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as the food's being passed out and more and more and more starts showing up, what, what would you be thinking then? You know, you're seeing all these people get fed. 
and there's just like no no way that this is possible what what would be going through your mind at that point well i guess the only real answer would be that it's a miracle that god is jesus is doing this out of his divine power because there really is no logical explanation for how five loaves and two fishes could feed 5000 people yeah there's like no explanation except for jesus christ right and and it's crazy, you know, the power of Jesus and Jesus was a man that, that never wanted to, um, waste anything. He was very, he was not wasteful. He was like one of those people that you would maybe hear about today where they live the, we're not going to throw away anything kind of lifestyle. Like they go to the store, they fill up their mason jars with beans and stuff and, you know, compost everything. Jesus was kind of like that, I think. Uh, cause at the end he said to the disciples, go and get everything that's laid out and left over, like go and grab everything. Cause we can't waste any of it. And then they, what's crazy is they filled up more baskets of food, uh, than what was like even to start with. It says they fill up 12 baskets of food and they had five barley loaves left over. Now, these baskets that it talks about are not like your little tiny, like picnic baskets. It says, uh, I did a little research on it. The size of basket would be something that could hold, you know, a couple pounds of fish, maybe like a week's worth of fish. So there was a lot of fish left over, like so nuts. Um, so then in verse 11 or verse 14, after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come in the world. Jesus, knowing that they had intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Now, people started realizing like, oh my gosh, this, this guy here has to be Jesus. They kind of had a little questioning thoughts in their minds before this. Um, but now like it's starting to gain traction. So my, my question for you in regards to this is like, have you ever had a moment where you realized God was at work through someone else, but like in the moment, not after the fact? I'd say I've definitely seen that before. And one time that a time in my life where I really noticed that was when I was in middle school, you know, I, I struggled with stuff. I wasn't the best student. I didn't always get along with my family and I didn't always, I struggled with my faith, but the one person besides my family that I knew was always there for me was Jamie Nelson. Mm. And I think as time went on and as I got older, I really was able to see how much he cared for me and how God was working through him to say that, Hey, there's people here for you and I'm here for you. And Jamie Nelson was a vessel that God worked through to help me. And he still does from time to time. And I think that has really impacted me as I've been growing up. And, you know, Jamie's been on the Devo you know, on almost all the other ones. So every like people know who he is. And what's different now is like, yeah, Jesus, I believe also works through Jamie. I believe Jesus is working through you and through other mentors that I've had in my life. I believe that Jesus works through me every so often as well. And that's great because we don't have the luxury that these disciples had because they were physically with Jesus, right? They like, they didn't have to, you know, learn from someone who learned from someone who learned from someone, you know, Jesus was working right there 
uh, in their lives. And that's, and, but that's also why important, why faith relationships are so important in people's lives today is you always have to have that one person that, or maybe a group of people that know faith really well that you can learn from, because that's how God works through people. And that could be, you know, going and listening to a pastor preach. That could be having a, a, a faith mentor. That could be talking to a youth leader. It could be, you know, Googling stuff on your own and then talking to someone totally random about it. But God works in like crazy and mysterious ways. And having someone who's like a faith coach in your life, I think in today's world for us, you and me right now is the closest that, that we can ever get to, uh, to experiencing Christ in the most in, intimate way. And, you know, what's really interesting is Jesus, after all of this is done, he withdrew and went to the mountain by himself. And I, I think he went to pray, which is like interesting. You know, Jesus went and, and prayed on his own independently and silently. And I think that's like also so important to faith development as well. And I think John who wrote the gospel of John understood uh, that that's important and included it in there because individual prayer, solo prayer is so, so important, right? Totally. Yeah. Like one on one on one time with Christ. So, you know, very, very interesting uh, little uh, section of the gospel of John here. And Jesus goes on to feed, you know, 7,000 people. He goes on to feed more people in big settings, little settings. But, you know, do you, do you have any final thoughts on this, on this passage? Anything you want to like challenge all the listeners with or leave all of us with before we wrap up? Really, I'd just say that you can't, you're not going to expect you won't always expect that the ways, the ways God's going to work in your life. So like, you're not necessarily going to see it coming either. You may think, Hey, this bad thing happened to me. This is the rest of this week is going to stink the rest of this month, whatever. You may think that just because one thing is going wrong, the rest is going to go wrong. But if you just look at the story that the disciples thought there's too many people here, there's no food. And then it got a little better. Hey, there's a little bit of food. But even then, in this time where they're thinking, oh, no, what are we going to do? Jesus was like, calm down. I got this. Mm-hmm. And he took care of them. He took care of the disciples. He took care of all the people watching. And he's going to take care of you. That's a good word. You know, have have faith in the Lord that he's going to take care of you because he won't ever, ever let you be out in the group and starve. That's a super, super good word. Well, Thank you, Andrew, for joining me on today's devotional. Thank you all the listeners for tuning in and uh, taking a listen and what we're doing. And we will see you all or you will hear us again next week. God bless. <laughs>